There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me! Hello and welcome to the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. My name is Chris, and I am not joined by any type of co-host at all today. No, uh, actually, what would normally be popping up uh, throughout the month of August uh, is something we've been doing since we started the podcast, which is uh, we take a break from the collection, and we I dive headfirst into the Melbourne International Film Festival. Now... We kind of scheduled our programming around that, and it worked out really perfectly for us because Lee is really busy at the moment with study, and she's doing some placement things, so her schedule is just bonkers. So we've banked a couple of episodes uh, in advance, and it was kind of perfect timing for Miff to roll in at the beginning of August, and I'd do the weekly update episodes. Then the Delta variant hit. So we are back in lockdown here in Melbourne. Uh, lockdown number six for us, so it's it's pretty shitty and tough at the moment, um, as it is across most of Australia. And uh, as a result, uh, the Melbourne Film Festival, uh, it, they initially decided to swap. They were going to be doing their in-cinema sessions first and then partly online afterwards. They decided to initially swap that, do the online first, and then in cinema later, and I was like, okay, that, that still works, I've still got all my tickets, I can, you know, watch a few online things and then do a little episode about that. But then the situation just kept getting worse and worse here in Melbourne, uh, unfortunately, so they ended up having to pull the plug on the in cinema sessions altogether, which is a supreme fucking bummer. Um, I was so excited. It's uh, something I look forward to every year. Um, you know, I was prepared. I was uh, the amount of films I was going to see. Getting to see some stuff like Annette on the big screen, uh, Titan, the Palm Door winner. I mean, fucked up body horror, horror like car crash fetish shit. Let's do this. A uh, hero, the new Asgard Fahadi film. Uh, not to mention Bergman Island, uh, Coda. Uh, what else was in there? God, a Nitrum, straight out of Khan, like all this stuff I was super excited for. Uh, not to mention a 70mm projection special event screening of Howard the Duck, of all things. I was so excited for that. But unfortunately, it's all been cancelled, so there's not much we can do about that. And it's kind of, as a result, thrown our recording schedule into a fucking bit of a loop. Uh, so... In, uh, in lieu of not putting out anything, um, I've decided I'm going to do a little bit of a mini-episode, um, kind of letting you guys know what's happening, and I'll actually run through, because there are some really great things actually available on the online section of MIV, uh, which is actually available Australia-wide. So if you're listening in Australia, you can actually jump on there now and you can watch uh, a bunch of the films. So I thought I'd just kind of quickly run through, do some mini-reviews of some of the stuff I've seen, uh, and then some recommendations on stuff that I'm looking forward to checking out, and then, uh, yeah, we'll kind of leave it at that. Um, also, thankfully, due to my work, I've been able to actually see a whole bunch of films that kind of came out of Khan and were going to be playing in general at uh, MIF already, so just um, ones that, you know, aren't necessarily available on the online section, but that people should keep an eye out for uh, when, they, when they do eventually get a wider release. Um, Sensor, holy crap, that movie ruled. 
uh, great little kind of British horror film set, uh, set around the video Nasties. It's really inventive and really fun. Um, no Sudden Move, the new Soderbergh film. Um, if you can deal with a lot of wide ang- close-ups and wide-angle lenses, it kind of looks like a skate video for a lot of it. <laughs> I don't quite get what he was going for in terms of the actual shooting style of it, but it's a really entertaining film. Awesome performance by Don Cheadle in there. Um, Petite Maman, uh, the new uh, Celine Sciamma film. Uh, that ruled. I really loved that little movie. Um, reminded me kind of like a live-action Studio Ghibli film. Um, a few other ones, uh, Wheel of Fortune and, Fa- and Fantasy, um, fun little kind of vignette film out of Japan. Uh, one that I really loved and cannot recommend highly enough is, uh, it actually is the winner of the Best Actress Prize at Cannes. It is The Worst Person in the World by Joachim Trier. I loved that film. Um, yeah, if you're able to kind of, um, I will keep it as vague as possible, just a wonderful, great little j- emotional journey of a film. Um, I know it's coming out here in Australia uh, in December, but if you're able to catch it at a festival or anything you can, I cannot recommend that one enough. Uh, But some of the stuff that is available now on the MIFF streaming platform that you should definitely check out uh, is Dear Comrades. Uh, This is actually a film I was able to catch last year, actually, Um, and it's the new one by Andre... Konchalovsky, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that all right, um, who is the director of, of all things, Tango and Cash. <laughs> um, but before he came, and previous to that, Runaway Train, which is a fucking rad movie with John Voight and Eric Roberts, um, based on an old Kurosawa script, actually. Um, but before uh, Andre started making those kind of American 80s uh, action films, he actually got his start in the Soviet cinema working alongside Tarkovsky. Um, he actually even has... I believe the big one is a co-write, a co-written by credit for Andrei Rublev, uh, which is pretty damn cool. So this is him uh, reverting back to um, the Soviet cinema, like Russian cinema that he uh, originated from. So basically, it's set in 1962 in this small village uh, where a bunch of when the price of food in this village is actually raised, um, a bunch of rebels, uh, oh, not rebels. I suppose, rebellious workers, I'd say, you know, people working in the factory start a revolt and a strike. Uh, Well, they initially start a strike against the Communist Party there, uh, which then leads to a massacre, unfortunately. Um, But it's telling, it's all told through the eyes of a uh, politician working with, uh, this woman working within the party, and her daughter was there at the strike. And so it's this hectic journey of trying to find out if her daughter is alive or dead. Um... You know, not the most uplifting of storytelling, but it is such an engaging and, like, it's a story that grabs you and you just can't help but get wrapped up in her journey and trying to track down the truth as to what happened. It's a wonderful little insight, obviously, to the political issues uh, at the time that Russia was happening there um, that would eventually leave Andre to leave Russia and things. Um, But definitely worth a look, that one. I would highly recommend. I think that one is available as of this weekend, coming weekend. So check that one out. Um, They actually, when the program kind of got all shifted around, they added a whole bunch of new stuff, uh, including the Nowhere Inn, which was something I had a ticket to anyway um, to see in person. It's a kind of pseudo-documentary, like fictional documentary weirdness. Um, It's the story is basically Carrie Brownstein from Slater Kinney and uh, Portlandia is 
making a documentary on her best friend and singer, St. Vincent, uh, who I'm a big fan of. So those hearing that those two were making something, I was all in. But what basically ends up happening, it's, it's sort of a fly-on-the-wall making of this making of a documentary that ends up kind of shifting into almost David Lynchian territory um, without giving too much away. It's sort of the blurred line of what it is to be an artist and where the lines of friendship kind of cross and what is performance, what is not, what is real. And it gets into some real kind of, it's in particular in the back half, some very kind of pseudo-Lynchian territory. But um, if you're a fan of either of those guys, uh, in particular uh, St. Vincent's Music, you get some great glimpses of that, and I would recommend checking it out. Um, one, if you're up for something a little bit left to center and kind of trippy, um, Claire and I sat down and watched Rock Bottom Riser, which was uh, it's an experimental doc, um, so I'm sorry that I had to put her through that, but... It's uh, examining basically the relationship of uh, Native Hawaiians to modern day culture in the wake of uh, the eruptions that happened there a couple of years ago. Um, we were keen to check it out just because we visited Hawaii a few years. That was the last time we actually got to go on a trip <laughs> before all this madness happened. Back in um, 2019, we got to go to Hawaii and it was awesome to watch that kind of footage and like the the insane footage that they managed to capture of the actual eruption and the explo- and you know the the lava flows and things um melded together with this very interesting and avant-garde um structure basically where he's throwing back to a lot of uh astrological natures and how basically the natives there um the native hawaiian people uh were the first astrologers and were able to use the stars to chart these massive voyages across the sea and how that basically has evolved into the modern day culture and what has been lost and what has been gained there's a lot of shit going on in there in a very avant-garde uh presentation so again like i said the left of center thing if you're looking for that uh, definitely give Rock Bottom Riser a look. Um, the last two I'll quickly mention, uh, there is a documentary that is essentially... Uh, it is a real Christopher Guest film, is the best way to describe it. It is called Set, and it is about the competitive world of tablescaping. Uh, <laughs> super weird, uh, lovely, warm documentary. Um following all the people that are entering uh, table settings into the Orange County Fair competition and kind of them going through it. The making of the tables, the coming up with the idea, the constructing the theme, and it, the filmmakers are so, so aware that what they're making is absolutely silly and needs to be laughed at. And, you know, not we're not laughing at these people, but we're kind of, you know, it's all in good fun, and they, they definitely know it, and... There's, like I said, it's like watching a Christopher Guest film, but real. Um, two other little ones I'll just quickly throw out. Uh, last night, Claire and I watched Freshman Year, which uh, previously had a, the title of Shithouse, um, made by uh, Connor, uh, Connor Rafe, who is a 23-year-old filmmaker who wrote, directed, edited, and starred in this film. Uh, an awesome little achievement, and it's basically... He's the new Duplass brothers. He's the new Lynn Shelton. It's, it's it's kind of continuing on with that mumblecore wave that kind of became so popular and rose uh, in the early 2000s. It's the kind of nice continuation of that. And um, being told by a 23-year-old 
about young people in college, it, it there's a realism to it that really comes across. Um, it does kind of drag in some points, but by the end, it's it you really get connected with the characters and you actually give a shit as to what the journey is and how they're going to go and what's, you know, the growth that they, um, the growth that the kind of, they're able to achieve throughout the film. So if you're looking for something that's kind of nice and sweet, and in particular, if you're, if you're into the mumblecore type of filmmaking, uh, give that one a look. And literally just before recording this, I just finished watching uh, The Hill Where Lionesses Roar. Uh, which is a directorial debut by uh, Luena Bajami, who was, um, she played Sophie, I believe is the character's name, in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, the maid in that film, the, the third lady. Um, so it's her doing her um, feature film debut uh, as a writer-director, and I believe it was in competition at Cannes, up for the Palme d'Or and Queer Palm and things. Um, I really dug this one. It, it didn't quite know what to expect from it. Um, it's made and set in Kosovo, and it's about uh, follows uh, three young women who are kind of very free spirited in nature and wanting to kind of get out of the doldrums of their day to day lives. Um, you know, escape the you know the patriarchy and the kind of downtrodden nature of where they where they're living. Um, and they they're attempting this through the main uh, through the means of sort of university and higher education things. But when stuff kind of doesn't necessarily work out the, the way that they wanted. Um, as we all would do, fuck it. Let's make a gang. Let, let's do some crime. Let's let's do some crime to feel, uh, you know, liberated and break ourselves away and feel free. Um, really great little movie. Uh, it it takes a while. It's a bit of a slow burn. It takes a while to get where it's going, but once you arrive at that destination, it's super enjoyable. And by the time we get there, we know who these characters are so specifically that we're able to just kind of coast in and just settle in and it's great and really recommend giving that one a look um otherwise the, you know i'll probably leave it there at the moment for some recommendations uh there's a bunch of other stuff i'm wanting to check out uh edge of daybreak uh the ballad of the white cow uh la, la veronica a couple of documentaries sisters with transistors freak scene about dinosaur jr um a whole bunch of stuff up on there uh I'm going to dive in over the next few days, week or two, check some stuff out. Um, I'll see how I'm going in terms of uh, maybe doing another little mini recommendation review episode next week, um, just because it'll be the last few days of the festival, if anyone's looking for some good stuff to watch. Otherwise, uh, we will probably be back in a fortnight's time. I know it kind of messes with our schedule a bit, but fuck it, what can you do? COVID time, so... Adapt or die. So we're going to push ahead and we'll be putting out our episode in uh, two weeks' time uh, on The Phantom of Liberty. Uh, but otherwise, uh, if you want, we're still plugging away over on the Patreon. Uh, we're going to be recording soon our next commentary track, which will be coming out on the 1st of September. Uh, unfortunately, due to lockdown, Toby and I haven't been able to do many uh, great Scott recordings, but we're hoping for that to kind of uh, change and we'll get back into that. And we'll be putting out Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 soon. Bit of a Tony Scott run there. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Uh, sorry it's a, not a real proper episode. I was really looking forward to sitting down with Toby and Lee and some other people that I was going to miff with and just kind of diving in and discussing some cool new shit, but unfortunately, them's the breaks. 
But I guess that'll kind of wrap me up for this little mini update, mini review episode. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, as usual, send us an email at thecriterionquest at gmail.com. All of that stuff. Uh, otherwise, we'll catch you later. For this week's episode, I'm Chris. Bye.